Hey there designers, welcome to Huddle. Got a super exciting episode for you today. We're gonna be diving into the ROI of hiring for junior designers and helping you take a look at how you could sell yourself in those design situations. So without further ado, let's jump right in. For those returning to us today, welcome back. For those new, we are Huddle, the show where we dive deep into the world of UX design and help you take your skills to the next level. So today we are jumping into uh, the ROI, the return on investment of hiring junior designers. And this, this episode was inspired by a design hires podcast. Uh, yes, we do listen to the community as well as create content for the community. Uh, it's super important in our own learning journey. And that episode featured Jared Spool, who is an advocate for hiring junior designers through pipelines to upskill them through mentorship with seniors. Uh, this allows juniors to lighten the workload of everyday routine work while under agile and free up seniors for strategic work and building innovative features. Uh, so we know that the job market often runs into that chicken and egg dilemma, especially with junior de designers applying for these entry-level positions that require one to three years of experience. And of course, not having that experience under our belt, wondering how we can get that experience if we don't have that on the job um, offer to build ourselves. So we wanted to help you navigate and help ourselves navigate that as we go into interviews ourselves and, and, and apply for these roles. Um, so, just to jump right in, we wanted to highlight and offer some of the reasons that we have come across that you can leverage during an interview for explaining to a hiring manager why they might want to hire you as a junior designer. Um, Cam, do you want to start us off on a couple of those? Uh, yeah. So in the uh, podcast that uh, was referenced with Jared Spool, he generally just kind of approaches this subject with... If you were to hire a junior designer, you can build a team that actually has growth built into it. So you're going to be mentoring this designer to be someone that can take on some of these basic tasks of, you know, daily design and take that off the plate of your more senior designers so that they actually have time to focus on the higher level, big thinking stuff so they can continue to feel like there's growth in their role. Um, so initially, there is a little bit more time invested to bring a junior designer without experience on. Um, and so the way I'm kind of hearing that and thinking about it, where you're, there's junior roles and there's also apprenticeships. Um, and what if we were to kind of combine those two ideas and build that into uh, job postings? And we definitely should have some roles that are advertised as zero design experience and i think that that would be a really important thing for you know big corporations and even mid-sized companies to start thinking about um so the general idea is by putting juniors into your teams you'll you know train somebody to do things your way instead of having them unlearn bad practices from wherever they worked before and you actually train someone from the ground up so that they feel you've invested in them and then they'll continue to be loyal to you as an employer and want to stay working with the team that gave them their their shot. Um, so that's generally the way in which Jared kind of like advocates for us as juniors. And I just kind of 
made a lot of sense to me. Um, I've built a team of mechanics at a bike shop and I can't just hire people that are making the top end of that earning kind of bracket for what you can make in that industry. I need to have somebody that has little to no experience come in and do some of those basic tasks that I can free up myself or some of my, you know, more senior mechanics to do high level work. So it all just kind of clicked when I listened to that episode. And that's kind of the impetus for this conversation. Um, so we've got a bunch of different topics to kind of, or points to, to back up this idea that hiring juniors is good, which is totally self-serving. I think that's where we all find ourselves, but yeah, I want to, you know, kind of throw that back to Meg and Mel. Um, what are some of your perspectives on like the value of hiring a junior designer? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I absolutely agree with your opinions on like how junior designers are going to help with the entire team to really, you know, ease the daily mandum from the senior designers. So both of the designers in the company can grow. I guess for me, another takeaway is how junior designers are always bringing this new perspective and new passions to the workplace. Whereas like, you know, it's something new. It's like young blood and, you know, just everything feels so passionate and interesting for junior designers. I'm speaking from my own perspective as junior designer. Trust me, I feel so excited whenever just working Figma or just doing the most tiniest thing, I still find that passion in it, which I assume like for more uh, mature or the, like established designers, maybe those are like too tiny for them to get that thrill. But for me, as someone who's still new to this industry, everything's like really interesting. It's bright and shiny. Like, yeah. give me some buttons to design, please. And <laughs> yeah, I do I think love that that's definitely a big reason to hire a junior designer is that they will enthusiastically mm -hmm. show up to that day-to-day -day routine production work that is necessary, especially under agile frameworks where you're usually working on two-week, one-week sprints. And you need that day-to-day pixel pushing and Absolutely. designing and stuff that, like you said, senior designers are not going to have maybe the time or the energy or the or the want to do that might be burning them out on top of a workload that they're trying to do that is strategic and will focus on growth of mm -hmm. the design team within the company as well. Um, and that, that passion that you speak about too, that they're going to bring, that's contagious. If you are bringing new life and breathing this new energy into an organization where you can start questioning like, well, well, why do we do this? And, and why do you think this? And, and challenging senior designers to also think about the why behind their processes and the why behind their practices can also really remind them of the value of their work and breathe life into them. And, and seeing that passion can also reignite some of that passion that might've been lost in the mundane day-to-day -day routine work of the same production work that they might have been taking on themselves. Uh, I really like that you touched on burnout specifically when it comes to those seniors um, and doing sprints within Agile seems like something that is like clearly effective at, you know, exercising an idea, seeing if it works, testing it. But seniors probably don't want to be doing sprints every week. And I think us juniors put me in week after week coach like I want to do it um, and having those senior designers slow down and think about things a little bit differently and maybe deviate from process where we're still learning process and doing reps is how we're going to actually 
be able to participate in those higher level conversations and and explore and deviate a little bit more. But I've heard it from a lot of senior designers how burnt out they are on sprints. Mm -hmm. So I still think, uh, again, it's effective, but maybe we should be doing those sprints. Mm -hmm. Um, And it also from a company perspective too, the reallocation of those senior resources towards projects that are strategic that will focus more on growth and less on the day-to-day getting the product shipped out is really where you're going to get the most return on investment for the company as well. Because when you have strong design, that's when you you see all of the return and investment. And when you're just focusing day-to-day on shipping things out, you're almost working reactionary to the market. You're not able to really design for the future and design for growth. Um, something that you also mentioned earlier was loyalty and and how that is generated also by hiring juniors. This is something that really touched on me because I've been working now for Lululemon for four years. Uh, they helped me in my development into design by allowing me to take the leave to to further my education. And because of that, because of their investments in in development for me and because of the relationships I've been able to build with designers internally, that has really increased my loyalty for the company as well and, and my my want and my drive to stay in the company and to go for those roles internally and to try to create opportunities for myself internally. Uh, it's actually it's it's no secret that the company doesn't have a whole lot of junior talent on the UX level. And it's something that uh, I know that they have wanted to do and have wanted to look at. And I know that's a, that's a similar drive for a lot of corporations that are looking at their talent and saying, we really want to expand our junior talent for that investment in the future. But maybe they're getting stuck on those short-term numbers of we just don't have the money to invest right now, um, especially in a recession, on junior talent because we are focused on, again, getting the product out and hiring for those more senior roles that they're really struggling to fill. And that is where this episode really comes into play for me in in trying to figure out when I'm going for roles that are um, there or, or even advocating to create roles that aren't there how do I sell the ROI of myself and the value of myself as a junior? And that's really what we're trying to kind of convey today as well. Yeah. And I think specifically when I listened to that episode and Jared mentions that hiring from your customer and product support teams is one of the best places to find internal design hires. And that's, you know, yeah, absolutely. I uh, hit home for you, I'm sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I had an opportunity to work in an ideation workshop uh, recently with the product team and I got such positive feedback from the senior managers and it was a pilot that they, they piloted this ideation workshop and it was the first time that they really invited support teams into the conversation. They said this was so beneficial because we don't normally get the same type of insight on our customers because a lot of the time where they get that from is is the research teams who absolutely do have access to the customers, but not from the teams who are hearing the day-to-day. This is the problem that we keep running into. We get calls about this all the time. 
Um, I know like I have all of these analysis on what calls we get, what support infrastructure we have. I had to help build out that support infrastructure so I know what it means to accelerate convenience for the guest and, and the ways in which we're doing that currently and the ways in which our guests are running into problems currently. And, and by having that in in the room, we were able to play off of each other more too. I was able to give them my perspectives on that from from the customer support side. And they were able to take that with you know senior UX knowledge and be like, well, actually, have you thought about this? And, and I was able to be like, oh yeah, that's a great idea. Have you thought about this? Um, obviously I can't talk about specifics because that would be internal knowledge, but yeah, like I think that's where that really comes into play. And that was one of the things that Jared mentioned as kind of the biggest learning curve is learning the users for a junior that's new to a company. And clearly you have specific insights that even their research teams don't have, which, you know, huge asset. I hope they leverage that and hire you. That's definitely the hope in general. But for for those people who maybe might not have that background in a company, I think that it's just as as valuable to um, when you're seeking out a role at somewhere, maybe not to just blindly apply at all of the postings that come up. Think about, and this is this is not new career advice. This is out there on a bunch of blogs, but figure out where do I want to be hired and then figure out who they are serving, how they're serving their customers, how they're currently looking at that, what their customers are saying. Ask other people in your life about that. If they, if they interact with the product, interact with it yourself. Learn the in and out of things because that's really one big differentiator you can get when selling yourself as a junior designer as well. Yeah, I totally agree. Like not just be the designer of a product, but like also be the user of it. Like that really provides a new perspective on it. Um, one example is currently I'm interviewing for a position, a designer position. And um, so the employer I'm uh, interviewing with, they recently launched a mobile app. So I downloaded immediately to go in there to see like what they're doing and to really learn from it. And also like, you know, give my own very, very own evaluation on the app. Is, is there anything I can help with? How would I approach the same design? What, uh, what decisions, what des- decisions I would make? things like that I think it's really helpful like in terms of like self-growth as a designer but like also standing out as a junior designer in the job market because I wrote an email on my own findings and sent it back to the employer and I'm still waiting for their reply but for me that's a huge takeaway mm-hmm. yeah and if if you're trying to gain those customer insights kind of you know a quick little hack like reading customer reviews, whether it's on the Apple store or the Google Play, um, or even just Google reviews for the business. Like you can find those tidbits of information and like that was a tip that one of our educators at uh, BrainStation gave us is like, if you don't have a budget for research, like just find some time. Even if it's 20 minutes, you'll gain something. Mm -hmm. Um, And you know, I did that for um, a project that I'm doing with a real client where you know, it's a retail store, but they are a business that have reviews and I have access to that just because everyone else does. And that was really insightful to better understand like what problems exist for their e-commerce and who their customers are. 
So just kind of to wrap up the problem that we are trying to solve, just to intentionally um, answer this, we're, we're really looking at, at early career designers being unable to get the experience for projects at scale uh, f- that the hiring managers are looking for. Um, of course, this is also because the entry level stakes have raised since UX has first been adopted. And because UX is such a changing field and such a quick, fast paced changing field, it's also something to really, really hard to define um, years of experience and what knowledge you have going into this. So one of the ways that we also explored um, in terms of how to hire juniors with little experience or even how, from the junior perspective, how to uh, approach a hiring conversation is really two-faceted. It, it's, it's around selling your ability to learn and uh, selling what is what Jared has called the achiever pattern. So starting off with that ability to learn, because I know that that is a really hard thing to tangibly um, take a look at. That is, I, I think, one of the reasons why we see these hiring practices where teams are asking designers to take home projects to do and solve problems for them and essentially do free work um, with the hope that you may get another interview. Uh, Mel, I know that you had an experience with one of those positions. Oh, yeah. What was that like? Okay, so, um, well, actually, I have, like, multiple experience with it because I was working in graphic design before, which is so common, like, whether it's in graphic design or, like, in UX. Some companies, they would uh, give out design challenges or take-home challenges or whatever they call it. So basically, they're asking designers to create a free design for uh, whether it's fictional or actual campaign of the company. And, well, to be honest, what I was learned from university I went to OCA, by the way, is that never do that. Never do any design or artworks for free because that's unethical that's that's wrong Mm -hmm. but the thing is like in today's job market um it's so normal it's so common that employers use this method to figure out if the candidate is the right one if that's the ideal designer they're looking for Mm -hmm. which i think is kind of frustrating from the designer's perspective that we have to create free designs to prove ourselves Mm -hmm. but um I guess, like, for me, a key takeaway from listening to the podcast uh, Jerry Spool was sharing is that actually there are other ways to prove ourselves as a designer. For example, like he mentioned a lot on how to uh, solve a problem in a creative way, bringing this new junior perspective into uh, a design process. Like, um, I think he mentioned that a question he would ask during an interview is that, is there any like um, design uh, challenging like struggles like you met before and mm-hmm. describe that? I I was asked the exact same question for interviews before and before listening to this episode. Um, and after listening to that, I realized the reason why I was asked that question is mm-hmm. to is for the interviewer to get to know how I would approach 
a problem, how I would solve it from a designer perspective, from like how I would do it creatively. And I think instead of giving out like design challenges, working for free for company, why not just have more questions like that during interview process? I think that would be more beneficial for both of the employers and also、mm-hmm. the designers, because like I know, I mean, if it's design challenge, like the company, they still need to have other designers and people on the hiring team to go over those design challenges too. Critique them to you know go through them. They're spending extra time on it.、Mm-hmm. But whereas if it's just during an interview, it's just a question. It's, yeah, yeah. And I actually pulled out some of those questions from the episode from Jared,、uh, and they're really really helpful for both hiring teams who are thinking about hiring junior talent, but also for junior designers going into these conversations, thinking about how you can frame. Your perspective around these questions and being ready for them in case you find a good fit at a company that is looking to hire for this potential.、Um, so, just going through a few of them. How creative do you get for solving problems?、Um, that was kind of what Mel was touching on there. The creative po- problem solving. Where do you go for resources when you feel stuck?、Um, do you look for sources beyond the first one? Have you encountered complex problems that you aren't able to find an issue for, and what does that look like?、Uh, how do you find and build relationships within an organization that you join to figure out who you can also learn from and who you can call on when you have a question?、Um, what are wrong decisions you've made? How do you quantify that, and then how do you fix it?、Uh, so those are kind of some ways that you can start thinking about it yourself and and answering those questions for yourself, that, so that going into an interview you're able to be ready to answer that,、uh, but also for any organization that is maybe thinking about how do I assess junior talent who might not have a bunch of work experience that I want to give them free work to do, maybe that is a better way to assess their ability to learn on the job as well. Yeah, and I think that、um, a lot of companies have kind of found another way to solve that problem. Where, you know, a take-home challenge you could pay someone on Fiverr to do something, and they would never know the difference. But actually, having somebody do like a short contract where they're getting paid, and you get to assess them more critically over a longer period of time. So maybe it's a little bit more、uh, upfront. Money set aside for this, but then the contract ends, and you can decide to hire them or not. You can kind of give them like this is a conditional upon your like performance within this contract, whether or not you get a you know a full time role or a longer contract, and they kind of like keep nudging you out further and further to be more permanent.、Um, when I was a mechanic and a manager, it was a standard within our industry to have you do a trial day, and there's a lot of jobs that do that, and. You know, you might see somebody that just assumes that they get to take 15 minutes of every hour's break, and you wouldn't know that in an interview. They're not going to divulge that, and that the working reality of an employee is as much is as relevant as their design experience. And that's where, you know, a lot of people hiring they want to hire someone that you know seems trainable and can learn these things. But you do have to spend enough time with them to understand that you you want to spend 40 hours a week 
potentially with this person in an office um, or just in Zoom calls? Are they going to be a loose cannon in front of a stakeholder? Like these are things that you can't necessarily deduce in that interview. So I think that those short contracts are a very good way of like not stealing <laughs> our, our work unethically by asking us to do work for free and then actually being able to better assess an employee's, you know, fit. Yeah, I agree. Like, um, I think from my opinion, I think like the reason why a lot of companies or employers are asking designers to do those free design challenges, uh, I think they were trying to figure out the technical skills of the designer, um, which I understand because like not everyone understands design and people are just like curious, hey, how, how can you do that? But the point is, like, especially for like product and UX designers, technical skill is not everything. It's very important. It's the foundation. It's the core. But it's not everything. There are so much more to it. And like, I would argue that mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, it's also the easiest part to train. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's all sure. about like your ideas and mm-hmm. problem solving. It's problem solving. It's... I hear that from lots of uh, senior designers, like. Some people on their teams, like, they're not a good designer in terms of pushing pixels, but they have great ideas and their skills are just better utilized in other parts of the team. Yeah. And that's really what makes an effective team at the end of the day is the diversity and talent and and being able to, I, I mean, I could speak for this very project here. We all have very diverse talents and bring different things to the table. And that's what makes working on this a lot easier for all of us because there are parts that um, I wouldn't even, I mean, I, I can give an example. I had to re-record a certain part for an episode and it took me several takes and I still didn't get the audio right because we didn't have our technical expert Cam here um, to help walk me through that. Um, but that is really the point of also hiring uh, junior talent is to increase that diversity of talent amongst your team as well. Um, because those, those senior designers on the team or the mid-level designers on the team, they, they're going to have certain ways of thinking that's trained and familiar with their processes. And that new junior talent is going to be bringing in new perspectives, new backgrounds, new um, often we are coming from different backgrounds. I, I don't know very many people who right from high school went into a degree in UX design and then right into a UX design role. That's incredibly rare. I haven't even met a single person who's done that yet. Um, so there's also that transferable skill and that that comes from hiring junior talents from different places in the workforce. I know when we had our hackathon industry day, I was chatting with Loyalty One, some of their senior designers after, and that was one of the biggest things that one of them kept touching on was it is so helpful and so easy to train junior designers who already came from the workforce from a different industry because they bring all of this perspective behind them, but they also come with them with a lot of the soft skills that are really hard to train and really hard to quantify and really hard to get into someone who is is just starting um, from nothing. Yeah, it's it's incredibly relevant to uh, kind of touch on those soft skills because no one can teach you empathy. And if you don't show up as a UX designer with empathy, you're going to struggle. Uh-huh. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's really about figuring out too when you're going into those hiring scenarios, extracting all of the skills that you can from your previous experience, so that you're also not just showing up to these as a junior designer. You're showing up as a well-rounded candidate with experience in other areas that are directly transferable to the role as well. And so you might not have three years of experience in UX design, but you do have the education and all of these projects that you have either started yourself or these projects that you've worked on that that are applicable to problem solving, that are applicable to learning, that are applicable to upskilling, that are applicable to and show that achiever pattern um, every year did you grow are you taking on more responsibilities are you working on more complicated projects or are you a self-starter are you going and looking to increase your skills in a tool or are you looking at how can i learn more who can i learn from how do i get better because that is a type of drive too that will really get your return on investment for investing in these people because people like that, that will be applicable to whatever role they show up to. If you're an achiever in one area, you're very likely an achiever in every area. Um, yeah, and if you can both convey that to a hiring partner or if you're a hiring team and you are looking for other ways to assess your candidate that is really something that you're going to want to look at yeah absolutely agree it's like different perspective that brings up this barcode to the creative team so now that we've taken a look into some of the reasons why you should hire for uh, junior talent or as a junior designer you should be selling yourself with junior talent, um, what is your guys' main takeaway? How are you going to be applying this to your own job searches? Yeah, I mean, I think for myself, I hadn't really thought of the best way to articulate my previous experience. And so we're applying for UX roles. But one of the things that came up in, um, you know, Jared's kind of opinions about hiring juniors was CX. Mm-hmm. And it's important. And like, okay, well, I've worked a lot of retail and I've kind of had the opportunity to affect a lot of change within that environment and that business. So maybe that's really just a way of thinking about my role as being more of a CX role. Hmm. Um, so, you know, five to 10 years of CX experience and thinking about the way in which we can have a business impact based on, you know, whether it was rearranging the store and putting products in a certain area that were easy to find. Mm-hmm. Um, and the wayfinding experience within a physical space is just as relevant as, you know, the information architecture and wayfinding within a digital space. So selling that angle is something that I've kind of had it all kind of click recently. And I'm not interviewing currently, but I am looking to in the next few weeks um, to start that process. And that's going to be something that I lean on pretty hard. That's cool. Like how... Like- arranging a store is like as it's actually transferable to IA. That's a new perspective and definitely see that logic going on there. 
Um, for me, um, I'm definitely looking to the more visual design, the visual aspects, but like also interlinked with UX. Because um, I recently find out that I definitely love pushing pixels and working with color and typography. But what makes the whole design process even better is I understand every decision I make. I understand why I'm pushing that pixel. Mm-hmm. And that's the beauty of UX, to really get to know the decisions that are being made into the design implementations. And I think that's where I get super excited and passionate about. And yeah, that's for me at the moment to look into the uh, intersections of visual design and UX design. And also like IA and a lot of decisions like behind those visual design decisions. Um, I am going to continue to be my very pushy self and figuring out ways that I can advocate for this internally. Um, while I still have the ears of some people in Lululemon, I've been really advocating for why we should be expanding to hire more junior talent. Obviously, selfishly, I have a stake in that, but also just building those relationships and figuring out how can I get creatively involved in things? Uh, how do I get on the job experience that I might not be able to get otherwise if I was external, but then also figuring out how do I leverage my previous experience so that I'm not starting from, you know, one year, I'm starting from one year plus. Um, and something that I've been doing is figuring out from designers with the same background as me or a similar background for me. So the journalists turn designers or the legislators turn designers, the CX people turn turn uh, UX, the customer support turned UX. What does that look like? How did you sell yourself? How did you convey the transferable skills? What were they? And, and, and that helps me really spark in myself. Oh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't think about that. Like, I currently am going for a UXR role and UX research role and something that I didn't think of is, oh, well, yeah, you wouldn't have to train me on research methods because I'm familiar. I've done qualitative and quantitative research for over six years that that's not something you need to train me on that you might need to train someone else on on day one. So yes, I only have one year of experience of UX design, but I also have six years of experience of research. And, and while they may not be six years of UX research methods, the same principles of other research apply, how to quantify your research, how to extract the insights from it, how to communicate those insights and how to then apply them towards a problem and explaining that problem, articulating that problem and, and figuring out a solution. Uh, that That is a skill that I am well trained on from other professions that I can immediately apply to UX research on day one from understanding that. And some of those other skills, some of those other tools that are a little bit newer to me are very easy to be trained. And so this this has helped me a lot in a lot of ways, figuring out how to position myself in that way. That sounds like a great way to um, explain your experience and especially with the, the qualitative and quantitative research, like mm-hmm. that's gonna be pretty invaluable. It's great. For sure. Well, I've loved hearing both of your insights on this. I think this has been a great discussion around this. I know it's helped me a lot 
in terms of rethinking about how to sell myself in the workforce as a junior designer, feeling a little bit more confidence to tackle those conversations and not coming at them from this fear of I need to hide the fact that I don't have very much experience in this field Um, and being empowered to just show up to those conversations and say, well, I might not have experience in this, but I have more experience than you can ask for in in this other thing. Yeah. And I I think that we were instructed to think about spinning our previous experience when we did our kind of more formal boot camp, but that was September to December and it's only just clicking now. Mm. And I think for anybody out there that might be in the same position, like you may just need to hear some other people talk about their experience, like Meg was saying, like Mm -hmm. digging up some of the people that she relates to a lot more Mm -hmm. is helpful in thinking about that experience a little differently. And, you know, it sounds very exciting to, you know, potentially be interviewing for that UX researcher role. Um, I don't know if that's where you always saw yourself or where you always will see yourself, but you seem excited. And I think that maybe that's part of it is thinking about your previous experience and Mm -hmm. how relatable it is and that confidence is clearly there. That's great. Mm -hmm. I think that that is really a key to tackling imposter syndrome too, which is something that we we definitely want to jump into in a future episode as well, is, is that if you can have confidence in who you were before you showed up to UX, how do you carry that forward into your role? in UX and, and, and so that you can also show up when you do eventually get that role to be able to to bring to them everything that you're promising as a junior designer to the passion, the ability to question why and the ability to show up with new ideas, new energy, instead of being maybe scared and like you are just there strictly to learn. I think it's really valuable to learn, but also how are you going to give back and how are you going to be able to show up with confidence and power to that role too? Yeah, that's an important question to ask yourself for sure. Yeah. Uh, well, that was a great conversation and we're just going to wrap it up there. But if you have any thoughts around this conversation, if you are a junior designer um, and this helped you to be able to convey your own story a little bit better and your own um, ROI a little bit better in those hiring conversations, let us know. If you have any more questions, um, if you want any more insights around this topic, let us know. Give us some feedback. If you are still confused on the topic, let us know as well. We'd love to always know how we can improve these discussions. If there's ever anything that we're missing, please uh, pass us some feedback. And if you are a hiring team, this is our call to action for you. Hire junior talent we can't advocate it for enough but don't just take our word for it take the many senior designers that we will link in the show notes as well thank you everyone for listening this has been the huddle thank you thanks for listening to huddle we appreciate your support and hope you enjoyed this episode if you'd like to hear more don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on spotify apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts if you want to watch along make sure to subscribe to our youtube and turn on notifications so you never miss an episode if you're feeling generous please leave us a review and rating on your favorite platform your feedback helps us improve our content and reach more people until next time keep learning growing and exploring
Today's show was produced by Meg, Mel, and Cam, with help from Meg, Mel, and Cam. Editing from Cam, music from Half Cool. I'm Meg. Thanks for joining the huddle.